0: welcome to am best audio it's been a difficult couple of years for the cyber insurance market and there have been no signs that cyber threats will be abating anytime soon here to discuss the latest results and trends in the cyber insurance market are Sridhar Armm senior director and Christopher Graham senior industry analyst both in am best industry research and analytics area and Chris let's start with you how did cyber insurers
1: perform the, the Past year compared to the past couple of years, 2022 was a much improved year for for cyber insurers all around. Uh, you know, there were two years of a very hard market as far as pricing goes. Twenty percent or more increases on average for pricing for both years uh, brought about you know some much needed pricing relief overall. Tighter terms and conditions, increased retentions on policies little less on the limits. Overall, tightened up everything for the insurers and their their calendar year results were much more in line with uh, pre-pandemic results before the, the ransomware lockdown and vulnerabilities of remote working.
0: Shradar, will cyber insurers be able to sustain this sort of performance?
2: Yeah, good question. As uh, Chris pointed out, a great year for the cyber insurance market in terms of calendar year results and if you add an expense expense load to the loss ratio we estimate combined ratios between 70 and 80 depending on the company that you're talking about so overall great results and uh, as you know that you know in in the property casualty industry other companies are not going to sit in the sidelines watching uh, these great profits going to cyber insurance lines so we could expect to see a lot more entrants and a lot more capital softening in prices lacks underwriting standards so it depends on the time you know so i mean hopefully if the insurers maintain the underwriting discipline that we see right now we think this um, we think the performance could be sustained but if they fall into the typical underwriting cycle of hey great profitability let's get in underwriting standards get become lax criminals you know uh, become more sophisticated then it might be a little bit more challenging to sustain the performance Chris there's been a surge in premiums written by surplus lines
1: insurers what's driving that uh a, a couple things one the, the hard market it, itself did that it, it became more difficult for a lot of insureds to get insurance in the admitted market so the the surplus lines insurers step in. Uh, Also, cyber lends itself well to surplus lines coverage where policies can be crafted as needed to meet the insured's needs. So I would expect to see the the surplus lines insurers uh, hang around for a long time in this. It really suits well. Sridhar, given some recent court rulings, where do things stand with the war
0: exclusion and what's the future of the war exclusion?
2: Yeah, I think uh, when we see some of the more prominent um, insurers or organizations like Lloyds that have come up with some standards for cyber wordings in terms of uh, war exclusions and um, uh, what kind of coverage you need to provide in terms of state actors, things like that. I think we have not seen any court rulings as of yet in terms of uh, war exclusions except for the not which was a which was more on the commercial uh, property policy we have not seen the war exclusions how do you define an act of war how do you define a state actor things like that being tested in a court of law who decides i mean there are definitions of, uh, in the uh, in some of these standards on who has to define a war and things like that but it has never really been truly tested so we have to wait and watch on the state, on the, on the applicability of war exclusions to certain cyber attacks. And uh, the other thing is the competitive nature of cyber. If you're having war exclusions, does it create a competitive disadvantage where other insurance companies are uh, uh, providing uh, coverage with war exclusions, or even uh, do you separate policies where you say, this is a policy that doesn't have a war exclusion, and the war exclusion would be a separate add-on. Po- uh, war inclusion would be a separate add-on policy. So, the the coverage is still evolving.
0: Interesting, Chris. Topic
1: du jour: artificial intelligence, opportunity or threat? Both. <laughs> you know, look, um, artificial intelligence certainly can you know can play a role for insurers in, in resolving claims. Uh, it can play a role for any company. Any or any individual doing business that, can, you know, can help them move things along faster. Uh, it also brings a, with it great exposure that anything, you know, it's just another item that can be hacked. So where does that take you? Well, obviously, then if it's more exposure, there's another insurance opportunity for the insurers to, you know, capitalize on it. You know, if they can find, the you know, find the coverage for the risk and price it right, they will be successful. Yeah, I think
2: large language models also create another risk, which is they can be taken advantage by bad actors in order to create deep fakes. And I don't even need to know programming. I can just go ask chat GPT to write me a malware code, and I can easily use that in order to create some kind of a ransomware attack. So large language models do provide Um, do make it easy for cyber criminals to create these kind of deep fakes or malware code, etc. And uh, so I think overall, it could be a threat or an opportunity. And insurers, of course, can take advantage of this to underwrite better. Amazing. Sridhar, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
0: Thanks for
1: having me, John.
2: Thanks,
0: John. You can find the full report online at ambest.com. For AMBest TV, I'm John Weber.